All right. So we're back here once again, another episode of Commanders in the Chat, episode 52, as the we are here previewing the matchup between the Washington Commanders and the Indianapolis Colts. Got to bring in my guy, Stu. What's going on, man? How's it going, man? How's it going? Good, good, good. And unfortunately, our guy Rob wasn't able to make it today, but we definitely got a great show lined up for you. So we'll preview our matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. And it's funny, you know, when you when you look down the line in the NFL schedule, you're like, okay, you, you had this game kind of circle. You think of certain things. You're thinking this is Carson Wentz's game to go against his former team. You're thinking you're going to have, you know, a Matt Ryan versus a Carson, Carson Wentz and Jim Ursay was essentially, you know, pretty much trading, not trading, but more so the simple fact of, hey, I got rid of Carson Wentz and I thought I upgraded and met Ryan. But um, we stumbled upon some crazy news this week. So um, as we know now, the official announcement of Matt Ryan being benched and uh, the young guy, Sam Ellinger, Ellinger will get his uh, start in this game. Um, your thoughts on uh, Matt Ryan being benched in this matchup? First of all, I want to say, man, you're you're 100% correct. When when I saw this game coming up, on when the schedule got released, I said, man, I can't wait to get Couch Coach on the show so we can talk about this Carson Wentz revenge game, right? Well, he gets hurt, and then I'm like, all right, well, this this the beer man Taylor Heineke, right? And I was like, well, maybe maybe Taylor Heineke will do something, and then bang, the Colts dropped the news that they dropped on uh on Monday on us. Yeah, here's the thing, Coach. The end of the day, am I shocked? I think I think so. I I would be remiss to say that I'm not shocked. Did I see it coming? Yes, not this soon. I thought maybe around week ten, week eleven, we would probably see it. I did not see it this week coming this soon. And the reason I said I thought we saw it was there was a lot of reports coming out of Indianapolis that. Jim Mersey had kind of told Frank Reich that you're you're moving Nick Foles down to the third string into practice squad and you're calling Sam Ellinger up. So you knew when he said, hey, we're calling Sam Ellinger up, that Matt Ryan was on a short leash. I just didn't think it was going to be the very next week. Yeah, I know it's definitely something that I was really shocked when I heard that. And then I know they it was talking about that, he, you know, he had like a minor injury. But then, you know, then the other news was, okay, Sam Ellicott was going to play, and then he was going to play for the foreseeable future, pretty much going to be playing for the rest of the actual uh, regular season if healthy. And then obviously if Sam Ellicott stays up to joint or, or, or gets hurt, then Nick Foles is going to be the backup. So essentially – Yeah, here's the thing, Coach. This move is – what the franchise is telling you with this move is this. They're telling you our focus right now is all on April because our plan right now, they're telling you right now that their plan is leaning towards drafting a quarterback in the first round, but they want to make sure before they go and do that, that the future is not already on the roster. So they want to make sure Sam Ellinger is not that guy. Cause if he's that guy, you don't need to draft a Will Levis, a Hendon hooker an Anthony Richardson, a whoever, Maybe you are in the 
the CJ Stroud or Bryce Young sweepstakes. I doubt they will be, but maybe they are. You don't need to draft that guy if the future's on your roster. So this is them saying, right now we're leaning towards quarterback in the first round unless Sam proves us otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> like you said, this is a move where I like to look at Sam Ellicott as kind of the kick, like we always say on this podcast, kicking the tires where you want to see what you got. And, you know, he'll have a, you know, obviously potentially a 10 game sample to see, Hey, can this, can he be a starter in this league? And he'll have that opportunity to at least be considered, you know, in their future going forward. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like we said, when we go into the season, we always just we we think it's all going to be X's and O's and certain things, but it's always some storyline and some always some other drama. We talked about Matt Ryan being benched, but we definitely got to talk about uh, Jim Ursay. So obviously, uh, Jim Ursay kind of made somewhat of uh, um, I call it very interesting and kind of telling where he kind of gave us somewhat of a a um, behind the curtain kind of moment, um, you know, as far as. Um, his his relationship with Daniel Snyder and essentially he was saying that you know he recommends that and, and the clip notes version is essentially he's he's uh, he's for uh, Daniel Snyder um, selling the team and pretty much saying that you know essentially he's not good for this league. Um, so what are your thoughts on your owner um, talking about uh, my owner? <laughs> your thoughts on that, Stu? Yeah, I thought it was a little weird. I mean. I guess I could say it wasn't that weird because I think that's how most GMs and owners in the NFL feel about Daniel Snyder at this point. I do think it was a little weird, and I was a little caught off guard because I was wondering at the report that came out literally like it may have been hours before Jim Mercer said what he said, where where Daniel Snyder report reportedly had a private investigator dig up information on all these owners and, and the commissioner himself. I, it For me, it kind of caught me off guard because it told me either Jim Mercer is pretty confident he's done nothing wrong, that Daniel Snyder can be like, hey, he did this, or he just didn't care. And he was like, I don't care what you say. You need to be out of this league. So that to me was very shocking just because of what had already been reported. I was – I was surprised at how soon it was. And it basically tells you Jim Mercer wasn't scared of the threats or, or anything that was in that article that Daniel Snyder apparently had a private investigator look into some of these owners here in the NFL. Yeah. I thought it was really telling. I think it's kind of, and it's funny, and especially being a commanders fan, you always hear these inklings. Obviously you hear about the investigation. We figured that was going to be somewhat of a smoking gun. Then obviously the reports of um, him not splitting the, the cost when it comes to compensation for, um, you know, for the road opponents. So, you know, as far as giving up that money for, um, for the, his road opponents, I thought that was another key thing. And then them bringing up during the Super Bowl, I thought that was kind of huge, but I think this one is probably the hugest, the, the hugest development, I think in my personal opinion, because of the simple fact of, like you said, Jim Ursay has a pass. So it's kind of one of the things where, yeah, he has dirt on him. So to me, he's willing to at, quote unquote die on the sword on this issue. So to me, that kind of lets me know if there's some traction and some legs when it comes to potentially him being um, voted out. And, I, and that's one thing I always looked at it from the standpoint of, well, the owners aren't going to vote him out because he's, to me, I always deem him as 
good for business because I've even even envisioned that he would go rogue if you know if things went south for him. And as you've seen it now, where he's trying to do this, and then you got a guy like a Jim Ursay where I'm really confident to a point where if he's saying this and he's saying this out loud, like this isn't he's this isn't something that's behind closed doors. He yeah. he let us in on this. So to me, that lets me know. He isn't the only one. Like I don't think he's what we what you would call a a uh, minority when it comes to for you know uh, of his opinions. He's just the only one I think that has spoken on it in a private manner. So I think this is kind of one of those where it's a development. I think if there was a like it was this is a this is a huge development. I think you know this in 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 the I think if if you uh, be uh, you know people of Commanders fans who want to get rid of Daniel Snyder. This kind of is, is somewhat of encouraging news. So I yeah, it's gonna be definitely interesting. Yeah, so, I think oh sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you're good, you're good too. I was gonna say, I think the key owner in this this all hovers around a NFC East owner as well. Like a lot of people in the NFL listen to Jerry Jones. And if Jerry Jones ever gets mad or or gets upset with Daniel Snyder, I think it's the end. I mean, we saw a picture with those two taken on the field at Dallas Cowboys Stadium. That was done on purpose by Daniel Snyder to say, look, I'm still look at look at me and Jerry. We're friends. All those kind of stuff. Because Jerry's Jerry Jones has a lot of pull among NFL owners. So the second Jerry Jones says, yeah, get this guy out of here, he's going to be gone. So if I'm Daniel Snyder, I'm nurturing that relationship with Jerry Jones as much as I can because that's the relationship that he needs to worry about the most is the Jerry Jones relationship. Yeah. And I totally agree. That's going to be the one that he's really going to have to, and S is going to have to um, nurture and maintain because he's, I think you will want, like you said, you want Jerry Jones to be an ally because he has pool and he has that type of, uh, you know, so you want to have him on your side. So Stu, so your thoughts on this Colt season? So obviously you guys are three, three and one. Um, it's been somewhat of a, a roller coaster, as 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 uh, we all know. If you you know, as far as um, our colleagues know, we we know it's been been a r- rough ride for you these last seven weeks. So what are your thoughts on um, the season overall? Yeah, you know, here's the thing: like coming into the to the f- first game of the year. There was some, I guess, optimism. I, I think I called it because Jay Stevens was on my was on my podcast, and I think I called it cautious optimism because I wasn't sure what Matt Ryan was going to bring. I wasn't sure what this offense was going to do, and I wasn't sure how good Frank Reich was going to be. All those have been atrocious so far this year. Like Frank Reich's been bad at make at play calls. He's been bad at at schemes. He's been bad at dialing up decisions and getting be- our best players in situations. Like, you know, I watch him dial up a play or dial up plays in ja- versus Jacksonville that gets our backup running back Deion Jackson in open space, whether it be through screen passes or different types of runs, even though there's a bunch of men in the box. And then I'll watch him with Jonathan Taylor and he just hands the ball off up the middle and says, go up the middle and run into this eight man box. It's like, how come you're not dialing up the same plays that you are with, with Deion Jackson for JT Matt Ryan, I thought was going to be better in this. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought his issues 
in, a, in Atlanta were more of Atlanta than they were Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan's not been great, but also this offensive line. It's the highest paid offensive line in football, and it's let them down majorly. So just all around, like this team has shown you like two weeks ago versus Jacksonville that they can score a lot of points and that, that if given the right time and given the right situation, the right circumstances, they can be unstoppable. And they did that during – versus Jacksonville. They scored 34 points. They were tough to stop. But, Coach, the the thing is that they don't do it enough. They don't do it often. And now with Sam Ellinger in here, you're I've never seen – I've never felt this way or kind of seen a fan base or a team, I guess, that looks so hopeless sitting at 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Yeah. Yeah, big time. <clears throat> All right, so so the Col- well, I'll put it this way: the Colts and the Commanders slash Washington Football Team slash Washington Redskins. We have somewhat of a of a history. Um, you guys actually lead the series uh, twenty one to twelve. Um, so any favorite memories um, that you got that you have against um, us, Commander Redskin Washington Football Team? <laughs> Yeah, 2018, um, when we played you guys. I think we won like 45 to 22 or something like that. But it, for me, it was more of what was surrounding the game than the game itself, right? Like I said, it was 45-22, so we won by like 23 points. But you look at it, it was more of this was the Andrew Luck return, right? Like Andrew Luck had come back the week before off that injury where he had missed so much time. And he came back versus Cincinnati week one. He was marching down the field to score, and Jack Doyle fumbled the football and cost Andrew Luck his first win of 2018, his first win back after we had seen this guy battle through rehab. This was the the first – this was Frank Reich's coming out party as well. You know, this is the first season of the Frank Reich era as well. And so you got a lot of new faces like Naheem Hines, Marlon Max there. You got some different guys. And so you're looking at it and you're saying, you know, this is a team that shows a lot of optimism, a lot of cool things. And, you know, I was like, this is this is the team that is going to turn it around here and be the future. And and when we look on to 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and the next decade, Andrew Luck was going to be leading the way. Now he retired at the end of the year, as we know, but the point becoming that being the first win and the only win for the next five weeks as they went one and five that year, it was special because it was Andrew Luck's first win back after being gone for, for I think a year and a half, almost two years. He was, he was out of commission, didn't play football. He comes back and it's his first win and what wound up being a comeback player of the year award type season for him. And being an Andrew Luck guy that I am, I was so stoked for this victory. And, and that's where luck looked like luck again. Like he had that first game versus Cincinnati. He was a little rusty and his arm maybe looked like it didn't have it, but he, he showed it there. And then it was the Darius or shall I, shall I say Shaquille Leonard now coming out party during that game as well. That's when Shaquille Leonard kind of introduced himself to everybody and kind of made himself as, as one of the top 10 linebackers in all of football. So yeah, that 2018 matchup, for me is the one I, I hold my hat on and I say it's a special one for me as a Colts fan just because of not necessarily the game itself and how much they won, but everything surrounding the game 
that led up to and even the storylines during the game. Yeah, and this yeah, and it's crazy to think like with the this matchup. Obviously, I think 2018. I that was the interesting one because I definitely thought because I think we came into that game undefeated. You gave us our first loss that year. But the thing I liked about it because obviously because more I think because more Alec Cox scored in that game. Yep. Yep. And obviously more more Alec Cox is from the area, so I always got love for more Alec Cox. So you know, obviously a former VCU basketball player. So I thought that was kind of cool. But What's you know, yours? So, Mm-hmm. What's your favorite one? I I don't necessarily. You think about it. It's really I, we. There's really no favorite in, moment in essence. I know. Obviously, I know um, when Peyton came here on a Sunday night football game years Versus ago. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that was close. I think it was what I think we lost by like three. It was twenty four twenty one. Yeah, yeah, I remember that game. Um, and you think about it, it's so funny. So the last time that the that the commander slash Redskins beat the Colts, 20 years ago to the day, on October 27th, 2002, was the Damn. last time that 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 um that they won. So then get this dude. The last time that the commanders beat the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis, first of all, it was in the RCA dome. <laughs> been a while. It's almost 28 years to the day. It was t- t- October 23rd, 1994, 28 years ago. Was that the Harbaugh-led Colts? Yes, Jim Harbaugh versus Gus Farratt. Gus Farratt. Gus Farratt. Was it when he was with Washington when he headbutted the wall and gave himself a concussion or hurt his neck or whatever? Yeah, hurt his neck. Yes, that was uh, that was on a Sunday night football game too. At that, I think we yeah. played like Arizona. Yeah, that was that was the worst of times. <laughs> that was that was the beginning of the worst. I mean, we've we've had some some other worst moments in the last twenty five plus years. I went back to kind of jog my memory, and I will tell you one that we got robbed of was the twenty fourteen matchup between the Colts and. Yeah. Washington yes. because we wound up getting Colt McCoy versus Andrew Luck. Yep. I think yep. it would have been really, really cool to have RG3 versus Andrew Luck. And that storyline, the number one versus the number two overall pick in 2012, that was something that we got robbed of and we didn't get the opportunity to see them in a head-to-head matchup like that. Yeah, I remember that because that was yep, because that was that Sunday after Thanksgiving. Yep, it was that November November 30th game. Yep. And and they, that's crazy because they were supposed to be the two where we looked at like kind of like they were like neck and neck one and two. We, they we were they were going to be the the two players that we were always going to compare quarterback wise, and like we do you know they Peyton never had that, that matchup to play. Mm-hmm. Like we do with Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning, they were going to be that yeah. next group that we always compared head to head how they were going to go. And I I I think I think it would have been fireworks. With RG three, like I understand mm-hmm. that year he wasn't playing great and he had some up and down moments, yeah. but I do think RG three was made for the big moments. And when the big moments came, he w- he always rose up to the occasion. And he had a big that would have been a, what bigger moment would it have been than to play the guy who was drafted above you, who you have mad respect for, and their friends off the field and stuff like that. Yeah. But just to be like, you know, number one, number two overall pick, the storylines leading up to that all week, that would have been something that would have been fun to watch something that we didn't get to see that I wish we could have. Yeah. We were definitely deprived of that matchup. And, and it's funny. Cause that was another one when you, when you looked at on the surface, when the schedule was released that year, that was this yeah. one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just like this one. It's, it's eerily similar where you look at how when the schedule was released in May, you're like, oh, you got number one versus number two. We're going to be playing them, you know, in Indianapolis. And that's going to be fun at, at Lucas Oil. But, you know, like you said, we were deprived of that. So in this in this matchup, who do you have? What is your, your matchups to watch? Well, my first matchup is going to be Sam. Who's your defensive coordinator? Uh, Jack Del Rio. Sam Ellinger versus Jack Del Rio is my first one. It's going to be interesting to see what the young kid can do versus this defense and, and what kind of you know tricks that Jack Del Rio puts up his sleeve for for the youngster and Sam Sam Ellinger. I also think I think the one that everyone's going to be focused on, right, is Scary Terry versus uh versus Stefan Gilmore. Like, I mean, I think I think those are going to be the two. I think that's going to be the most watched matchup of this contest is who gets the better of this? Is it going to be the Colts' best corner, best cover guy on the on the field, or is it going to be Washington's best receiver in Scary Terry? Who's going to win this battle? Because right now, when, when he's been tested, Stephon Gilmore has been really, really good. He's made people pay, and in his own words, as he said, when they've tested him. So it's going to be interesting to see what the beer man Taylor Heineke can do when he tries to target, um, you know, scary Terry because Stefan Gilmore is going to be there. So it's going to be interesting to watch off of that to see kind of what happens. And is Jahan Dotson coming back in this game or do we know yet? He's at this point, quite, I doubt it more likely because he, he practiced last week and he had a setback last week in practice. Um, I, I would assume they're probably going to practice. He's going to practice and just see what it is. But I, but I doubt it very seriously if you're going to have him in this matchup. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the matchup to look out for is, is Stephon Gilmore versus Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I, I definitely think I'm I'm really curious what, what um, the commander's offensive line is going to do against you guys' defensive line. Because obviously you look at, you know, obviously last week, where um, you know the running game was 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 working very well. Um, can that running game still continue? Um, really glad they didn't abandon a run last week. They did what they had to do in that regard. And then can they hold up in the sense with Taylor Haneke? Will they at least give him gaps and opportunities to kind of elude the pocket? Where um, you see where he actually made some great throws on third and shorts. Where you know where we we always say, especially with this team, if you can convert on third downs and keep that ball going, that's going to be the key to to it all, where essentially if you can convert on third downs, you know, have these long standing drives and tire out of defense, this is what this team has to do. And I think that's going to be kind of one of the keys um, with, with Taylor Haneke. Can he release it in time where, you know, versus, you know, would a coach give him time to to throw and, and make some and make some plays? So I'm definitely curious about that matchup as well. And I just want to my thing also on defense. I just want to make sure, like as far as um, you guys got a two headed monster when it comes to tight ends. So I'm kind of curious how Jack Del Rio is going to play those tight ends. I definitely think if the success of a guy like like a, you know Tim Elegant far as from the, through the air is going to be those um, you know the tight ends and Michael Pittman and in uh, Mo Alley and all those guys. So I'm really curious what they're going to throw at it. Almost to your, piggyback to your points too, where what would Jack Del Rio throw up defensive, defensively wise um, against, you know, Sam Elliger? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be interesting. I think that's the part you got to watch. I mean, 
I, I, I don't trust Frank Reich and his play calling and his his ability to scheme up plays enough to see to 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 say that he's going to take advantage of whatever it is that you guys are are lacking on on defense. And you know we've had success throwing to the tight ends. We did versus Tennessee in the first matchup versus Tennessee. We were able to to have success throwing the football to the tight ends, but I'm not sure here, coach, really kind of what's going to happen. Who's going to be the guy to look out for? I mean, this may be one of those games where JT just comes out of nowhere after what's been a rough, rough year for him as well. So, you know, we'll find out, but you know, with Frank Reich, you never really know and you never know what this, and you don't know what this offense is going to look like when you've got a guy like, um, Sam Ellinger at quarterback who's unproven and you don't know what he can or can't do versus real defenses. Yeah, most definitely. So, Stu, what is the key to a Colts win? What you got? Yeah, I would say the key is going to be, I think, to try to protect Sam Ellinger as much as you can. And I don't mean by offensive line-wise, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Obviously, you want to protect your quarterback with the offensive line. But I'm talking about don't get put him in situations where you're forcing him to make some bad decisions that make him look awful, right? Don't put him in a situation where he has to try to fit this ball into a tight window when he doesn't have the arm to do it and he winds up throwing three picks because you can't dial up a, a game plan for him to – to really succeed. I think you're going to see a lot of zone read RPO style stuff. You're going to see some new run games. You got to get that run game going. And I think that's something you're going to have to find here for the Indianapolis Colts. And I think that's something they're going to try to dial up um, ultimately is to get this run game going. I think defensively, you got to make a couple key plays. Like I said, Stefan Gilmore, I think has got to step up in some big time plays versus, uh, you know, Scary Terry, and then you got to watch this defensive line. I think get some key sacks on Taylor Heineke on third down, get him off the field, get your offense, the football back. I think that's uh, some some keys to the game for the Colts. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one of the keys, I think, for the, for the commanders win, obviously, um, it's got to be the run game. I definitely think if you um, if they want to be successful, you run the game, um, you tire out this defense, um, the biggest thing, the biggest key is when a winning the turnover battle where forcing turnovers, especially you know, with a guy like a set Elica behind the back, you know, behind center. Can we get turnovers off of those situations? Can we um, you know, can we handle those miscues? And then I think also special teams are gonna play a big part in it. I think like if Tress Wade, if he has those opportunities where he can he can punt the ball long and actually get you guys and, um, you know, in, in longer distances where, you know, where getting guys starting at the 20, 30, and, hey, he's going to have to, you know, work to get into our territory. So I think that's kind of one of the things where this is like another thing where this is a game of inches where, you know, it's it's better off to have, you know, a, you know, a Sam Elliker starting off in their own 25-yard line versus marching down the field, you know, versus having them at the 35 and they're only at first down away from being – in our territory. So field position is going to be key, especially when you have a quarterback um, like Sam Elliker. Hey, try to he, make him work for it. Make him work for every possession yard by yard. So, yeah. I completely agree. Yep. So 
ask you the million dollar question here on the commanders in the chat pod. So Stu, your predictions for this commanders Colts matchup. Yeah, I don't see the Colts scoring a lot of points here. They they are the lowest scoring offense. 29th, actually, as Ken at Off the Ball Network will tell me. They're 29th in the league in scoring, averaging about 16 points per game. I have them scoring a little bit less than that. I think it's going to be 24 to 14 Washington over the Colts. See, 24, you said 24 14? Yep. Okay. All right, and I actually got a a 27-17 Colts. I mean, 27-17 Commanders win, and uh, get us right at the 500 mark. This can be your first um, win since 20 since 2002. So, yeah, it'll be the first win so. in 2002, and I'll be our first win potentially um, in Indianapolis in, in 28 years. So a lot <laughs> has changed in in 28 years. So <laughs> you know, so. You know, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, man, so we'll put a bow on this week's Commanders in the Chat preview with the Indianapolis Colts. So, Stu, tell me where they can find you on social media and any upcoming projects that you got going on. Yeah, actually, I'm going to have you on my show, you know, coming up yeah. the day tomorrow from when we record this. But yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I'll have you on my show. We'll be previewing this game as well, talking about the matchup, some different types of things. Uh, Washington versus Indianapolis wise uh, where you can find me. You can find me um, on Twitter at, at Stupak five. You can also find me, you know, my, the podcast Twitter at, at Stu morning on Twitter as well. You can find the podcast, wherever your podcasts are, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, you name it. It's there. Um, you can find the podcast there. So yeah, I mean, we'll be out everywhere. The, the, my show will probably come out Thursday morning. You, you know, you'll you'll probably see it, and you know, by the time you're by the time you're hearing this, it's already out. So yeah. make sure you you listen, give it a give it a listen, and uh, yeah, like and share, please. And I'm just I'm I'm glad you had me on, Coach. Yeah, man, definitely looking forward to it. Like you said, when you know, especially since the Colts and the Commanders don't play that often, it's always you know a good opportunity to, to bring you on and talk command, let's talk Commanders and Colts. You know, obviously we, you know, you always got a spot on on Couch Coach Live for 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 you, but you know, being on the Commanders in the chat, you know, you know, it's a it's a once in, in a potential four year opportunity that we and you get together as far as talking talking about a matchup between our two teams. So yeah, always. Great time. But, yeah, man, definitely once again, appreciate you, Stu, for coming on. And um, good luck on, on Sunday on, on both our ends. And, uh, yeah, man, so this has been this week's Commanders in the Chat. And we will catch you guys on our post game on Sunday at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And we'll catch you then. And we're out.